0: And now for the thousands in attendance, and the millions around the world who wish they could be here, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready for hot boxing!
1: This episode is brought to you by Raycon. Head to buyraycon.com slash Tyson to get 15% off your next order. Welcome to another episode oh. of Hot Box, and I'm Evan Britton. And I'm Mike Tyson. And Mike, we've got the voice in here today, no man. No doubt about it. 35 years. I've heard it for 35 Good to be here. years, man. Wow.
0: 35 years. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. So,
2: what was that like, the beginning back in 1985?
0: Jeez, I started in 82. I was a disaster. The first... Uh, by 85, you were a pro, though, huh? By 85, I, yeah, I was introducing you by 85, man. Wow. Mike was, Mike was doing uh, four-rounders and six-rounders, and, and you were, like, fighting every six weeks. Yeah, I was, no, I was fighting
2: this, I had um, 15 fights in one year.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. You know, people, people today, they're, That's like, crazy. they're amazed by that. But, you know, you're a student of the game, and you go back and you look at, at Sugar Ray Robinson, who I still think is the greatest pound-for-pound fighter in the history of the game. But when he fought Jake LaMotta, he was 40-0, Yes, he had already fought Lamata once yes. and beaten him. This is now in their second fight. This is and remember, possible.
2: listen to this guy Ray, all over the world. Listen to this.
0: Ray was a welterweight, and Jake was a middleweight. Mm. Fourteen pounds didn't make any difference. They fought because they were just the hottest fighters in New York at the time. They fight a second time, and Lamata wins the fight. His first loss, he's forty and zero, but he's still a welterweight. They fight again. 21 days later. Yes. But wait, it gets better. Ray fights a 10-rounder in between. In between, before he fights him. Amazing. And then he wins, and then over
2: over his his (laughs) next 80
0: fights, Sugar Ray Robinson goes undefeated over his next 80 fights until he fights for the light heavyweight championship.
2: But do you see that rain? He lost in his 40th fight and then went undefeated for like 80 fights. Crazy.
1: <laughs> it's
0: crazy. unbelievable. He went 40
2: and 0 lost one, then went undefeated for 80.
0: It's unbelievable. Who, who was the guy that he fought for the light heavyweight title? Was Joey Maxim. Ma- Joey Max. I
2: knew Mr. Maxim real well before he died. I knew him real well. Great
0: story oh, from, there, too. Oh, he was because a great
2: storyteller, too.
0: The way in those days in New York, you had to weigh in the morning of the fight. Yes. Now, you know today, any light heavyweight or any middleweight that's going to fight at super middleweight or light heavyweight Comes in at the limit, they put on the weight because they're all like, you know, they're all emaciated when they weigh themselves in the day before. Yeah. So try to imagine this Ray's fighting for the light heavyweight title. He's the middleweight champion. Yeah. He weighs in at 159 pounds. He's fighting for the light heavyweight title. He, can, you know, he walks around at 159 every day, he weighs in at 159. Joey Maxim weighs, what, 173, whatever, because that's, in those days, the guys were really, that's what they weighed. Mm-hmm. The fight gets postponed at Yankee Stadium because of thunderstorms, electrical storms. It's a Saturday night. They reschedule for Monday night, Yankee Stadium. (laughs) Monday. And they have to weigh in again. Oh, my God. On Monday morning. Listen. And if that happened today, those guys would be 20 pounds overweight. Yeah. Absolutely. They would never do that today, huh?
2: Absolutely.
1: And the
0: only reason Ray lost is because in those days... The fighter didn't swallow his water between rounds. Yeah, like this and spit it out. Yeah, they, didn't, they weren't really up on hydration. Yeah. They carried the referee out of the ring after the what, 10th, 11th had, round. Ruby, Ruby Goldstein. Goldstein, right? Did he carry the referee? Oh, he no, passed he out. He Alternate fainted. referee comes in. To Hot, Ray. Ray lost 10 to 15 pounds. Yes. Oh. And, and passed out at the end of the 14th, and he was ahead.
2: But listen. Wow. But this is
0: interesting, right? Yeah. The fight that he lost was the best performance
2: of his life. Wow. Uh, that was his best performance brilliant. by far. He was brilliant, yeah. And he collapsed from the heat.
0: That's amazing. You know, man. thank God for YouTube because we can tell these stories and now people can go and look at it. I used it in
2: to, black but and listen, white. I used to talk to Joey Maxim all the time because he was a pit boss in the hotel. In Vegas. And After boxing, that's yeah. what he did? Really? Yeah. And I would go and talk to him every fucking day. Every night. Well nighttime. I was going to nighttime and I would talk to him.
1: Would you talk about fighting? Yeah.
2: And I talked to him about the Robinson fight. And I said, how did you feel? He said, I didn't worry about it. I fought animals. He's a little bitty guy. I wasn't <laughs> worrying about him. I fought animals. He's nothing. He can't hurt me. I fought animals. I fought Walcock. You know what I mean? I fought Charles and all these guys. This guy can't hurt me.
0: Yeah. Wow. And, and those days, the heavyweights were 185, yeah. 190 pounds. He fought, heavy,
2: he fought for the heavyweight title and all that stuff. He said, these guys can't hurt me. He said, I wanted Lamada so bad. They wouldn't give me Lamada. I wanted him so bad. That was just, That's who wanted. Yeah, I wanted the because that was the money fight. Lamotta was the big draw. He was right. the money. People didn't know that back then. Lamotta made a lot of money. He was the big draw. Mm.
1: Interesting. Yeah, him in Detroit. What was that?
2: Listen, Detroit's a black city, and he's the biggest draw in Detroit. When he went to the, when he fights in Detroit, he's the biggest draw.
0: Lamotta. Yeah. Raging Bull. He yeah. won his title in Detroit, right? When yeah. he beat uh... Tommy. Uh, no, who did he beat? Serdan? or the, Sudan? yeah. These guys today, what do they fight? Two what? fights a Two year? Two Fights a year? When when Ray was forty six years old, his final year, I think he fought like thirteen or fourteen times. Wow, going going ten rounds. Harry grab got the record with
2: thirty five fights a year. <sighs> wow! Can you believe this man? That's crazy. He's an animal, absolute that's animal, an animal. Well, you did fifteen. Yeah, that's nothing to thirty five. Thirty? How much? Listen. I, listen, this is for me. I had 15 fights a year. I didn't have enough time to go in the gym and train and spark. I was fighting. Imagine them. They must have had drinks and went back in the ring. They
0: had to walk around. Went, and, yeah. and if they had to make weight, they had to walk around and yeah. be in shape. Yeah. You know, they'd get a call on a Tuesday Can you, you know, can you make it Saturday night? I got a 10 rounder for you. Like, yeah. They had to, you know, and they had to make weight. They had to stay on they shape. They walked around. If their pants were tight, they knew not to eat dinner. <laughs> It had to be. If, they, if they can't wow. make
2: the weight, the fight, the, the other fight i I fight you, but you got to give me ten thousand dollars. You don't give me. You need the money, so you have to give them the money to fight
1: them. Yeah, so and the guy money. was
0: only making forty, forty five hundred anyway. So yeah. Be- <laughs> How would you feel
1: about that, Mike, having to be in shape all the time? That
2: I wasn't in shape. Huh? <laughs> yeah, i was in shape. But listen, no, you were just listen, no, Camp, so, you were. Oh, it's all. All my life, that's all we did. We work all day when I'm fifteen, fourteen, yeah. thirteen, and like. Cuss would call me and call my school and say, There's a bad accident at the house. He we need him right away. We have a, a problem at home. And so they would send me out of school and I would go to the gym test to, to box and spar with like Frank Bruno or somebody or call the Truth Williams, you know, up and coming fighters. And I would box him and get experience boxing with them.
0: Cuss would get you. By the out way, of I school. just I just saw Frank uh, a few weeks ago in London. The guy looks like he has a thirty inch waist. He just like, he's awesome. such a striking Good-looking guy and people. When I do the introductions at the London O2, yeah. the, the biggest hand is always for Frank Bruno. They love him. Let's, British fans are great. I, oh, the best! I they remember love um, when Henry Cooper was alive. Man, did you ever meet Hendry Cooper? I never. Uh, yeah, I met him. I did a, uh, a Tony Simpson fight in oh, the eighties, oh, and, man, I, and man, I met a him.
2: Beautiful yeah. guy, and he passed away. But he was a beautiful old-time fighter.
0: Old school, a bleeder though.
2: Yeah, but he'd fight you to the death. He had some great knocks. Listen, he dropped, he
0: dropped, he dropped Ali. He
2: dropped Ali too, I forgot yeah. about that. Bro. But he had some knockers. They- he knocked some guys dead. Woo! They, he knocked, he may have knocked them out in 19, what, 1971. Yeah, the left hook. But they woke up this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Rip Van Winkle, they're all old now and this shit. <laughs> they, yeah. Oh, they're dead, he knocked them dead.
0: Wow. Great left hook.
1: What do you guys think about this this young fighter that just recently died in the, the coming Ukrainian out of the ring? The Yeah, the Ukrainian it? guy.
2: Two kids just died.
1: Dadashev? Tell me
2: about that. I don't
1: know. What? I mean, I guess they said, you know, there's video of him talking to buddy, his trainer. Buddy was his trainer,
0: right?
1: Yeah, yeah, talking to his trainer, and he's saying, you know, if you can't protect your head, I'm going to have to stop them. I'm going to tell them to stop the fight. How do you get into a position like that? As a fighter, where you're, you can't, you're not defending enough to protect yourself.
2: Sometimes being a fighter and getting hit, um, sometimes you get in a state of, um, it's almost a state of bliss. You don't even
0: euphoria. Yeah, yeah,
2: you see it going on, but you can't stop it. It doesn't even hurt.
0: You know, we, we look at Ali and uh, Parkinson's syndrome and everything, and, and it's not like Ali had a career where he took beatings or anything. Hmm. But I used to go to Deer Lake. Before I was even in this business, and watch him train, and you know, put the headgear. And Ali used to love to go hold on the ropes in a corner like this, and let guys like Larry Holmes just you know beat on his body, and like then Ali would slip and everything. But he wasn't afraid to take shots in training because they just have that headgear on, and people don't realize you take two thirteen-year-old girls, and if they have a pillow fight every night. One of them could end up punchy. Yeah. Just only, you never know how many blows you can take just because it's soft and you're protected. And yeah. I'm not a big fan of having, I think in Nevada, 140-pounders um, now have to use 10-ounce gloves. Mm. You see guys getting beat up, whereas they'd be better off with eights and just get whacked out. You know, And five weeks later, they're, they're you know in good shape. Is there a way to take a punch to the head other than blocking it? No, there's it? no way to you take a punch. You can't. You want to limit those, right? You don't know, <laughs> you if, this, you don't those, know if the right? one
2: going to kill you is going to be like this or like this.
0: Yeah. yeah. Usually it's, it's an accumulation. Yeah. Of blows. Yeah. And then one. You know, it's just like, uh, you know, the worst thing we, we, we always hate to see this. Have is you ever when
2: witnessed a, one?
0: What's that? You witnessed a couple of death. Uh, Yeah. And I, I, I almost like try to just block him out because it's just, you know. And one, I, I forget who the kid was. It, it happened at uh, the Taj Mahal. And then they found out later that the manager, the guy had lost four weeks prior, should have been on a 30 a day no been, training yeah. thing. And that, and he fought in Canada. So they slipped it through and, you know, they put him in the ring and he shouldn't have been in the ring. Mm. But when I was a kid, I still remember as clear as can be with uh, uh, Benny Kid Perrette and Amo Griffith. And I mean, and I, 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 I can King see it in my King mind King and, and knew King. that he was done.
2: I remember Duku Kim like it was yesterday. Mm. You yeah. wouldn't think, if you saw the fight, you wouldn't think Duku Kim was losing. Really? He was throwing down.
1: That's so interesting. That you could be taking that damage and not even really... You don't feel it. Yeah. You they, yeah. Obviously, they don't Listen, know it. Some of those
2: yeah. fighters, well, I know, they're on autopilot. Some of them, I saw guys get knocked out cold and they throw and punch punches.
0: Yeah. They knocked out. They throw punches
2: and, punch and knocked out on the floor.
0: Oh, Tommy Morrison, when it. when uh, Mercer knocked him out. He was still punching. He, punch. was, he was throwing punches while, while, while they were, the doctor was there.
2: Why is that? You just program that. into an instinct? Why is system? that? Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. That's, Do the consciousness
2: still remember we're fighting?
1: Yeah, that's really you know? interesting. You get you get knocked into another dimension,
2: basically. Mm-hmm. But you're still fighting in this dimension. Yeah.
1: Mike, I gotta tell you something. I'm gonna make it come back into the NFL. <laughs> I know. I know. It's crazy. I don't know. I don't know if I'm in NFL football shape, but you know, everything we talk about, man, it's just like, you know, living your truth and the, the will of the universe. And I just feel like I'm being pulled back into football, man. I don't think we can do the podcast anymore. Mike? Mike? Oof, oof. What's up, brother? How you doing? You talking to me? You're wearing the Raycon wireless earbuds. They're so stylish and discreet, I didn't even notice them.
2: Yeah, these Raycons are so small, I don't even know they're in but I hear them really well.
1: Aren't they half the price of premium earbuds?
2: That's what I hear.
1: (laughs) It's 2019. Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds. But before you drop hundreds of dollars on a pair, check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. Raycon's E50 are half the price of other premium wireless earbuds. Half the price. That's not a mistake. Your inferior headphones you are listening to right now are not playing tricks on you. Raycon E50s are half the price of other premium wireless earbuds, and they sound just as amazing. Go to buyraycon.com slash Tyson to get 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. If you've been eyeing a pair, now is the time to get an amazing deal. Go to buyraycon.com forward slash Tyson for fifteen percent off. Well, Michael, how um how has it been watching Mike since he was a kid? I'm
2: gonna come a up trip, and huh? seeing you know you've, seeing you've me witnessed me go to prison, him yeah. go through that craziness, almost killing myself a,
0: many times. One of my favorite stories about Mike is when he's fighting that the, the fours and the sixes and come to Atlantic City uh, and we had the. Back then ESPN was like a fledgling cable yeah. Yeah. Uh, network. And the number one show on ESPN before they had football and everything was top ranked boxing on ESPN. Mm. Wow. It usually would be like uh Atlantic City had Thursday. great buffets too. Yeah, yeah, great buffets. Great buffet.
2: buffets. Great buffets. I was all poor, and you know this I, I stayed in the buffets.
0: That's why the press was always I there. You know the press, the, the, the press, little, press, they love that free food. Oh, I love the yeah. buffet. I stayed
2: in the buffet.
0: Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. The
2: the drive up there, we stayed in the buffet.
0: So uh, Mike was coming in as this, you know, young guy. So anyway, he's he's coming to the ring. I I don't know. He's like 6-0, 8-0, all knockouts, whatever. He's coming to the ring. You know, and... uh, Atlantic City is known for a lot of Vinny Bumbatses, you know. Hey, how you doing? You know You're I mean, Back then, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Hey, what's going on? Hey, yo, Vinny. Oh, yeah. You know. So he's he, he talking real talk. <laughs> these two guys are sitting in ringside, <clears throat> and Mike comes out. You know, he's been seen on ESPN and USA, and and it's before he started getting those weekend fights. Uh, you know, on the network TV, he's got the, the black shoes, low cut, you know, high, you know, yeah, low, yeah. low high tops, you know, no socks. Solid black trunks. The towel with just the hole cut out, you know. And these guys, hey, look at this guy. Hey, where's your socks? And they're like yelling (laughs) at him. Hey, you know, hey, what the fuck? Who's this guy? (laughs) I don't know who it was. It was like 90, uh, uh, two minutes in, boom, knockout. And I can remember like, you know, these two guys like, oh, wow, look at that guy. I leaned after I announced, you know, the winner by the, the, you know, uh, knockout victory. And I leaned over and I said, hey, want to ask him about his socks now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's all right. That's exactly. all right, Mr. Buffer. You know what the fuck, you know? <laughs> what the fault. But do you remember those guys back oh, then? They were all, they were, those were everywhere. Guys. You know? we're, we're, we're wearing those Versace shirts, yeah. the fake, fake Versace shirts oh, with 100 chains. They were uh, looking good, though. That was, yeah, that was the 80s. Yeah, mullets. The true. They had, they had the, you know, the mullets and the whole bit. Oh, my God. That's such a scene.
1: How did you get into this? What was your yeah, path? What happened? How did you what? like, I mean, dude, your voice is iconic. They made a fucking video game ready to rumble. Uh, yeah, That was that was
0: my first big, big check. Okay, anyway. That
1: was huge. Yeah,
0: on, uh, not PlayStation. What was that on? Uh, it was like a special platform. Dreamcast.
1: Dreamcast. Yeah, that's right. I had it, dude. Yeah. And then when you got to the end, you would fight you. And you would, like, morph into this giant, muscular, oh, insane shit, fighter. Uh, Do you remember that?
0: I, I, I've been I told did. about it, but I'm not a video game oh, guy. I, mean, I, I just took the checks, you know. Yeah, Mike, of yeah. of you
2: Mike, back then, you got a lot of fucking girls, didn't you? Uh,
0: you were the man back then, yeah, Mike. no doubt. The I was, man. was had fucking be. between, after uh, from 1972 to 1997, in, 98, I then? was single. And those were good days to be single.
1: <laughs>
2: Man, what it was, I It was
0: insane. So what was that? What was the... How did you get okay. into it? We're talking about all these fights and everything in Atlantic City. And uh, I'm a big boxing fan, a super fan. My oldest son is probably about 12 or 13 at the time. We're watching the fights on TV. It's a split decision. The ring announcer... I remember... Frank Shane, no, I don't Frank Shane was a ring announcer. His wife, Eva Shane, was a Eva judge. Eva Shane. She's the judge. Yeah, and her husband's Frank, and Frank used to do ring announcing, and uh, yeah, he, he was a good announcer because you know he experienced everything. But I didn't realize that it was sort of like a common thing. A lot of guys would give a score, and instead of giving you the two different scores and saving the winner for the final score, this guy just announced. Score one, score two. And then you knew who won the fight. Mm. So I guess those guys at ring seven, hey, I know who won the fight. Oh, okay. Oh, they're going to kill you, man. (laughs) But you you knew who won the fight. And it took away that drama of like, you know, for the winner by split decision. And no, you know, or or still, you know, you get that big, man, everybody's waiting. They shut up. And listen, you get that that, that cathedral moment, you know, and then pop the crowd. So my son goes like, I mean, he literally just like, he, he, Throws a TV guy down. He's like, ah, oh, man, I hate that. You know, Dad, you could do that. At the time, uh, I was making a living as a model, and I'd been doing some TV commercials and getting little speaking parts here and there. So I guess a 12-, 13-year-old kid thought, you know, that's Dad all could the do same it. thing. You know, yeah. announcer. Right. And I put together a, a, you know, a resume that might have said uh, I had experience, which, of course, I didn't. <laughs> And But the thing I pushed back then was I sent him a headshot. To, I, I didn't know that the promoters hired the announcers. I thought maybe the, the hotel casino did. So I contacted all the uh, directors of entertainment in Atlantic City, and I included a headshot. It was like that, that James Bond sort of a look, you know. And and I said that the image of the hotel I, – I put this in writing like a, what a jerk-off, but I did it, you know, and, and suggested – that the, uh, the image of a hotel casino would have that James Bond look, you know, a little. And so one of them bit and said, like, uh, asked, you know, uh, the promoter to use me. I was dreadful. I was on USA Fights on the table. <laughs> I was really, really Who's the, I mean, the main event? You remember the main event? You know, I remember some of the names. One of the guys' name was, his nickname was the Hebrew Hitter. Oh. <laughs> the Hebrew Herb the Hebrew hitter. the Hebrew hitter something. Brad Jacobs knows exactly what his name is to this day. I, I can't remember, but there was some, uh, I don't remember any of them becoming stars, but it was six months before I got another chance. Wow. I, you know, it, it, I videotaped it. I looked at it, and I said, and I still to this day, I will, like, occasionally look at a show and, try to improve i'm just very conscious of always trying to be a little bit better
1: what was it that what was that first that first fight what was it about it that you were like i could do way better than that were you just not you hadn't found your voice yet you hadn't found your style? yeah yeah i've I've always tried to improve uh
0: technique you know on the microphone and, and that sort of thing but um yeah, timing and be a little more familiar with the scorecards and, mm. and, you know, that sort of thing. I, I was, for years, I, w- I used to do all the fights. And today I just do the main event. But, and I would get there early. I would go to each dressing room, make sure I had the right color, the trunks and the records. And I, oh, you know man, what, I was always amazed yeah, that, yeah, Mike, sometimes <clears throat> you go into a dressing room and I would say, you know, the undercard guys, I'd say, uh, is this right? Uh, 20 wins and five losses. And the fighter would go, I don't know. You'd look at his manager, his coach. He'd see, he didn't even know his own record. Oh, wow, oh, it's crazy. We, we, you know, we used to do fights in uh, Merriville, Indiana, yeah. Frenchlick, Indiana, these crazy, uh, crazy uh, sites for town. top rank. Yeah, and you had you know a lot of small town guys. Eh, I don't know if they were the best fighters in the world, but they could put on a pretty good show. So, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. What was the first fight where you came up with the "Let's get
0: ready to rumble"?
2: Yeah, how that happened? You know,
0: here's the thing. Let's
2: get ready to rumble.
0: Uh, Excuse me one second. Let me call my lawyer. Oh God! Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) we started. We were we're in the era now in the '80s of the main event. It's music. They have speakers, and it's exciting. Fighters come to the ring, you know, and. Uh, the ring walk a spotlight and everything so you have this energy yeah. you know people come especially we would have fights in the resorts in the ballroom and the theaters those at, at the days. Sands yeah, and, those were good days yeah and we looked, the eloquent days. And the elegant
2: days when we came out we would say wow look at the lights yeah that and, big and lights we would, and chandeliers. we would have
0: fights in the theaters and you have yeah. all these banquettes mm. the VIPs tables all be sitting and there. stuff yeah and those, those Vinny guys again yeah, they, yeah, hey food, how you they, doing look at the guy around the ring and it, so taking pictures, we had ring announcers somewhere along the line. Some ring announcers started to introduce all their buddies on the commission. You know, it would be like and the New Jersey State Athletic Commission, um, State Athletic Control Board, Boxing Commissioner Robert Lee. And then they would introduce the, uh, co- the chairman, the commissioners, yeah, the board everybody. members, everybody. The, the, the judges, of course. Then all the doctors, and if it was a title fight, good God, the president of the WBC, a unified fight, president of WBA too, their supervisors, you killed the crowd. Yeah, I mean, you'd actually, like, you actually you killed it. the crowd. Here's all this: the music, the lights that, that come out. It's exciting. Fighters are ready. Mike is in there, everything like this, going like this. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> the, you've taken away, you've taken away all that energy. Your energy's just right, sucked right. out. So. One of the greatest expressions that gets a crowd energized is, "Gentlemen, start your engines, Mm. man!" And I did that at the Indy Five Hundred, and the place goes nuts. Okay, I wanted, I wanted something that for the stars of the show. When I grew up as a kid, I used to love to watch the baseball All Star Game, Mm. and they would they'd announce Announce each player, and they'd line up on third base and first base. And I just thought that was so exciting to see the stars of the show and the place would go nuts, you know. So to me, I wanted the the audience to be pumped up for the for the guys that just came out and are gonna go out there and do their thing and been training for six weeks. The fighters, they're the stars. Yeah. And uh so I I wanted to come up with a hook that would let the audience know, okay, I introduced all this bullshit. Now I want you to get back in line and, and give these guys a hand. And I tried, uh, you know, ladies and gentlemen, fasten your seatbelts, you know, know, (laughs) man, your battle station, you know. (laughs) And of course, the great Ali was famous for saying, you know, I'm so pretty, I'm ready to rumble, rumble, young man, rumble. Boudini Brown would join in, (laughs) you know, and they'd go with float like a butterfly, sting like a bee, rumble, young man, rumble. Ah, so good, yeah. So I started to say. Let's get ready to rumble. And it's nothing like you hear today. You know, I would just say, you know, let's get ready to rumble. Ten rounds of boxing in the middleweight division. I, I didn't, you know, I didn't want it yeah. to be like, hey, I'm trying to make something out of myself, but I wanted <laughs> something to get the crowd energized. And a few years later, when I started doing shows all over the country, I met a guy out here in L.A. named Jody Burry, who since passed away and, he was a, a singer. Used to, used to be the opening act for Ella Fitzgerald. And really? su- supper clubs were real big in the 50s and 60s. And this guy was like, he was Mr. Show Business. He had the, always had the cufflinks and wore an ascot and had the Clark Gable mustache. Oh, wow. The pompadour, you know. Great guy. And we were out drinking one night, and he's had a few, and he says, Buffer, when you say let's get ready to rumble, shut the fuck up. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Jody, what? I, said, I said, people want to react. And this is coming from a, a guy that performed on stage live and everything. It was the best advice I ever got. It was the best advice I ever got. It was, it, it just, it made a big difference. Because then I started, instead of saying, let's get ready to rumble, 10 rounds, I started saying, let's get ready to rumble. And then it was, let's get ready to rumble. You know, and, it just, and it grew, and I shut up, and the audience would react. And of course, you know when we started doing Mike's fights uh, in the uh, late '80s and early '90s, and uh, you know with Spinks and the, the fights in Atlantic City, that became uh, it became pretty popular and it made a big difference. It's one of my favorite sayings in all of sports. You know, it's been such a blessing for me. But
1: you
2: made boxing big again. By that, age. That, that made boxing big again.
0: Uh, it you. gives my. It makes my skin fucking. But uh, you know, I. I I say I've been blessed. I've done it for Stanley Cup championships, World Series, NFL playoff games, home openers for the seasons for different sports, uh, NBA championships. It's a go-to guy, man. It's it's a great way to start off a sporting event, and uh, you know, for me, it's just very exciting to to be there and, uh, and enjoy that stuff. It's up there
1: with because I played in the NFL. It's up there with the flyover with the blue angels jets fly yeah. over. Let's get ready to rumble, dude. It's the same feeling. You're just fucking fired up and ready to rock after yeah. that.
0: It's, it's and when you do a big stadium and a really or a really big fight. You ever do Wimbledon? Wembley. Yeah. 90,000. Mm. AJ and uh, Klitschko. That's awesome. 90,000 and that was showbiz. The ring walks yeah, you know that the British fans, like you said, Mike, they're the best. they're knowledgeable, mm. they're supportive.
2: Listen, right. Even if you beat that guy, if they respect you. They, yeah. they come watch you fight. You give three thousand, come over here to watch you fight, dude. Three
0: thousand, oh. five thousand people come watch when, you fight. Remember when Ricky Hatton fought uh, Pacquiao? Shh. Mm. Twenty thousand Brits came to Vegas. Fifteen thousand of them knew they couldn't go to the fight. Okay. Wow. But they just wanted to have their feet on the ground where Ricky was, you know. And of course, they opened up the ballrooms and had closed circuit TVs for him and everything. Wow, it was unbelievable. The weigh in was unreal. I mean, just all these British fans
2: I remember when I, was, awesome. you know, when I was going to England like we were doing bad and hard times and I would go to England with my wife and my kids and we would go and we would just do um, dinners we'd sit down and have dinners and people would go have auctions and this was just amazing I, I could, they love fighting and their sports stars that much they have dinners for yeah. them Mike
0: it's, you, you it's can't it's walk crazy. you can walk down the street in London or Manchester no, no, no way. way no
2: way yeah. Yeah. hey no way <laughs> no it's no. It's crazy no they know to the they, scare you it's scary it's, yeah. you're scared you can't control them you can't stop them they know they Everybody's know where your hotel owners. is yeah they can you know, they wait outside yep. hey, yo, this
0: is nothing like you would ever imagine they're polite but yeah. they're, they're 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 on, on you, you, you know, in yeah. your
2: faith baby and they start crying and loving <laughs> yeah, right their children everybody there this is crazy man no,
0: they're good fans though I mean they're loyal they give you they give you,
2: like, they give you from their family's history yeah. it's just crazy
1: is Anthony Joshua British? Yes. Yeah. He is London.
0: Okay.
2: Great people, incredible people. Yeah. Old race of people. They've been here forever, huh?
0: Yeah, it's amazing.
2: They fought Julius Caesar.
0: There <laughs> are there are Roman ruins in the UK. Well, the Romans were everywhere, you yeah. know, so. Yeah. What do you think of we had Anthony
1: uh Ruiz in here? Andy. Andy, Andy Ruiz yeah. in here. Sorry. And Great. um yeah, awesome guy. Nice, yeah. Yeah, sweetheart. Yeah, I love, and, him. I love um, him so much. What do you think of the state of boxing these days?
0: It's bigger than ever. And, you know, like a lot of people are always saying, uh, "Well, MMA is, is is taking over from boxing." Mm. MMA has a solid, loyal fan base. Okay, but they could never MMA. You you can't have fifty fights every weekend. at at a championship level or, you know, like, I mean, you go on the internet and you go to like the different boxing sites and what's happening this weekend, you'll see a half dozen to a dozen really good cards Mm. worldwide. And because of communications and the satellites and especially social media now and YouTube, a fight fan doesn't have to miss any fight at any time. Maybe they watch it on a replay or whatever, but they're going to see it. So I think boxing is bigger than ever. And, and, you know, I work in the UK all the time. Uh, unbelievably supportive. The fights at York Hall where it holds, uh, I don't even know, 900, 1,200 people. Packed. Mm. The O2 Arena. Uh, this fight with Lomachenko coming up on August 31st and, and Luke Campbell, the, the local uh, British kid. All right, could be in England. They sold 13,000 tickets in the first 24 hours. Wow. Okay? When Tyson... Fury fought Wilder here in L.A. There were over 5,000 tickets unsold at Staples Center. Wow. I mean, in America. Um, what was it? oh The Pacquiao uh, fight? He just fought uh, Thurman.
2: Oh, the man. A yeah. million people came out for Pacquiao. They,
0: they only sold 6,000 sold.
2: Isn't that crazy? Yeah.
0: It wow. was readjusted. But, I mean, you go to the U.K., the O2 Arena. You're, you know, they're going to have this fight with Lomachenko. Is going to have uh, probably eighteen, nineteen thousand in attendance. Wow! For a lightweight title, packed.
2: And just to packed. love it. The English love blood,
0: and they'll be there, they and they'll it. be there they for eight it. fights. All the all eight fights. You know, you watch
2: you watch listen, the pay per view shows all the way down to the babies, It's in the baby's blood. Mm. No, no, serious. Yeah. You, if you see, it, you see it. The little kid, the little kid, comes. Daddy, I want to fight that boy <laughs> over there. <laughs> no, strip. out of the blue. Yes. That's who they are. Oh. They're warriors. old, their ancestors were warriors. They fought Julius Caesar.
0: Great fans. When it comes to football, which we call soccer, whew, forget about it. Yeah. They're, you know. I mean, hey, no forget fight. about it. <laughs> they're really,
2: you think what they're amazing. They're so nice and proper and respectable when they let their blood they want to fight.
0: You know what I love is when it, it's a tradition where they play "Sweet Caroline" before the main event.
2: Oh yeah, the sweet. Yeah, really. Bo-bo-bo-bo-bo.
0: The whole audience gets into it. <laughs> so over the last couple of years, when they play it, I get in the ring and I like I egg the crowd on. I'm going like this. Nice. You know, like Hulk Hogan, like you know, make that side, and I run over the other side, and then they try to outdo each other. It's it's they're great fans. Are you related to Bruce Buffer? You mean my brother? brother. It is your brother. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Wow. It's a very interesting story. Uh, I have two brothers, Bruce and Brian Buffer. Uh, Brian is a retired uh, uh, cop here in L.A. Wow. And... I was born, uh, I'll be 75 in 10 weeks. You look unbelievable.
2: man.
0: That's right, son. You look unbelievable. That's right. You're dead. Britain, we have a snapper? <laughs> God, I was born in, born in 44 during World War II. I'm
2: going to do this shit. I'm going to be and,
0: 75. Uh, I not think about living that long now. My parents were married like at 18, 19 years old, World War II. She's pregnant. He goes off end of the war it comes back they i mean they don't even know each other but well you know uh at the age of 11 months because you know she had to go and work and and uh, so i went to live with foster parents in the philadelphia area who i ended up staying there my whole life so whenever i say mom and dad i'm talking about the people that raised me wow um just like when you say mom sometimes you're referring to uh you know camille yeah and uh, it's, it's that relationship, you know, that's what matters. And I, I always knew my, my real mother growing up. I saw her, you know, every Sunday afternoon we went to the movies and everything. And so it was perfectly normal for me to have, you know, have this home and then on Christmas uh, you know, have another parent come in and bring presents. So it was great, you know. I had to leave it to beaver life in the 50s the growing same,
2: up. I had the same exact thing. Yeah. Brooklyn and upstate New York. Yeah.
0: Wow. So I was raised— with the last name Huber, H-U-B-E-R. That was my foster parents' name. Social security number, high school diploma, says Michael Huber. 1965, I enlist in the Army, and my birth certificate has Buffer on it. And so the very first day I go to report for service and get sworn in, they go, oh, kid, by the way, uh, your name isn't Huber anymore. It's Buffer. So I became Michael Buffer at age 20. Wow, And that's uh, Yeah. And then 29 years later, I get a phone call where I'm doing the fights at Dan Goosen's Reseda Country Club on ESPN. A phone call comes in. It says a guy by the name of Joe Buffer called and said, give him a call. Now, I always knew my, my birth father's real name. And here he lived in L.A., lived out in Malibu and everything. And that's how we met. Wow. And that's how I met Bruce and Brian. Great guys. Uh, uh, Joe Buffer's wife, little mama, the, the mother of Bruce and Brian. It's like now I've got a third mother and she's still with us, thank God. She's in her in her 80s and mm. as beautiful as ever. And Ooh. So it just turned out to be great. Bruce, uh, Brian was a cop. Bruce was like this businessman. And, you know, so I, you know, that and then those days, late 80s, I'm starting to get a lot of phone calls. Like, do you want to do this? Come to the Cowboys, open the game, the, you know. And so... It's really hard. You can't negotiate for yourself. You know, Mike, you've got agents, you got representation. Yeah. So I said to Bruce, I said, "Look, why don't you take these phone calls, and you know, and we'll make the deals. You know, and and we'll and plus worked at a thing where we formed a partnership. I had the trademark, uh, you know, was cooking, and I said, y- you know, you go out and knock on doors, and and you know, we'll we'll push the trademark and appearances, and and it worked out. Then. I got a job with this thing called UFC, and it was like they had their fourth or fifth show, and I did three of them. In those days, they couldn't get l- yeah. licensed anywhere, yeah. so <clears throat> I had to go to Montana or whatever. But at the same time, I had a great deal with WCW Wrestling <laughs> with the Eric Bischoff on TNT, and it was when no, wrestling, oh, the wrestling wars were on, man. WWF. Yeah, big yeah, rating. Rating WC- wars. Ratings. Ten each. A ten share on cable. Do you know, the Kardashians don't get tens. Wow. It was like unbelievable. So they were rating each other. And so WCW had Hulk Hogan, Randy Macho but We Man beat Savage, them all.
2: I was with WWE. We beat them all. We Rick, broke the records. Rick there, Ric Yeah, we Ray- beat everybody. We broke all the records. <gasps> we but beat the, everybody during the be, battles,
0: the wars. Between the two... Uh, Raw and what was it called? WCW uh, Nitro. Nit- Monday Night. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Monday Nitro. They night were on Nitro. at the same time, and they each got tens. Twenty percent of all cable was watching professional wrestling. So anyway, that's so, w- so Turner and WCW. They said, "Look, you know, we got you got this fat contract. Uh, we we'd appreciate it if you didn't do that 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 UFC stuff. That's going nowhere." <laughs> So eventually, like, you know, uh, Bruce occasionally would do like an undercard for me. And he was and he was really he had those pipes and everything. And uh, Bruce is actually trained in MMA. He's, he's really knowledgeable and all. So, you know, he said, would you mind if I like try to get my foot in the door? I said, man, you know, I'll go be for behind it. you. Go for it. You know, and that's how he got into UFC and, and over 20 years now. and it, He's a he's a superstar. Oh, definitely. I, I see mean,
2: him over. there. I talk to him every night. Yeah, right?
0: he told me, he said, he said, tell Mike, I said hi. So he was
1: kind of your de facto agent for a little while, Oh, too. still is. Still. still? Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. No, we still, we still have
2: it, a... Wasn't it awesome when you met them? It's my family. It really
0: it is. Everybody. Yeah. It's, you know, a lot of things have happened to me that are just amazing. Like, cause some people, they think, like, oh, man, you were in foster care. I said, no, it's the best thing ever happened to me. Yeah, I was I'm blessed obsessed. with... With a family. Parents, I had a, I had a, a sister, and I had a mom and dad, and we took vacations, and I grew up in the suburbs of Philadelphia, and, uh, and it was amazing. Best thing ever happened to me. Oh, you went into the Army during the Vietnam War. Three years, I never got sent west of Fort Knox, Kentucky. I mean, wow. it's, it's the luck of the draw, man. Yeah. I'm making a living with my voice. Eleven years ago, I have throat cancer. mm Tumors, The whole. so I had, right now I had my whole left side and my, my lymph nodes and everything taken out, wow. tonsils, little teeny piece at the back of my tongue, three, tum- three little tumors. 30 days later, I was back in the ring. Wow. After I, th- I was 63 and I thought I was done, you know, I figured after surgery I won't have a voice anymore. And it's, it's, it's luck, man. It's, it's, it's a blessing. It's not just no, luck, it's, not, it's a blessing. Because you're you know? not still in the car, brother. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Somebody else is steering the car. You know, a lot of yeah. times we think we're, I'm not smart enough to have all this stuff yeah. and arrange myself back in this position. So I know I'm not steering the car. I'm just very grateful to God and the energy to be.
0: Yeah. You're still doing fights, right? Uh, you know, for the first time, I'm exclusive. Mm. For 36 years, a lot of people always thought I was I, I was working for HBO. Mm. But when I first started, uh, you know, and 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 Mike actually, you know, made HBO explode. Then you made Showtime explode. Do wow, you remember those times? I used to wow. do, I used to do, I used to do all the fights, top rank with, uh, mostly top rank fights, but on HBO and Showtime, and we, you know, weekend fights, and take other jobs too. I was worked for the promoters as an independent. So then this guy, and Don King. Leave HBO and go to Showtime. So he's going to fight Razor Ruddock in 1991. Yeah. And do uh, you remember Jerry Solomon with Budweiser? I remember Jerry right? Solomon. Okay. So I'm all set to do the fight. You know, Jay Larkin was with and I David remember, Dinkins. Uh, Jay Larkin, I would no right, you know
2: Oh, yes, and I remember Jay Larkin.
0: Ten days before the fight in Vegas, I get a call from Jerry Solomon. And he says, uh, I, I got some bad news for you. I don't know what you want to do. He said, but... Uh, Seth Abraham, the uh, the head HBO. Of, the, with HBO, the head of uh, sports and entertainment at HBO, uh, sports says, uh, "You if you do the fight on Showtime, Ooh. you can never work on HBO." True story.
2: I'm talking about. Bullies, I'm like,
0: I'm like "What are you talking about?" It's like two weeks away. He says, nah, I, you know, I have to call up uh, Dinkins and Jay Larkin and uh, tell them. I said, Look, uh you know, I've been told.'" And at that time, uh, oh, uh, yeah, Holyfield had the title. Yes, right. He had gotten it from Buster. Holyfield had the title. He's going to fight George Foreman. HBO is going to have this TV KO, which bombed out. And th- so I have to make this choice. And I'm independent, but I have to make a choice. If that happened, like ten years later, I would sue the hell out of him and, and walk away with a you know a, a seven figure uh, settlement, a heartbeat. But. <laughs> Uh, you know, back then, uh, like 1991, I'm like, uh, okay, I called they're up. Powerful, they're really powerful. I, yeah, I called they just Jay got me and Get a job anywhere, and they were. And Jay was saying, like, is it money? Do you want more money? I said, I, I, I you know, I'm gonna have to make a choice. And I, so I went with uh, the uh, HBO fights and uh, Foreman and uh, Holyfield was the next fight there, and then uh, it was great because Jimmy got his uh, got his chance and. Uh, Put him in the Hall of Fame. So things, it, you know, it's a blessing. Sometimes it's it, you don't think it's good, worked out great for me, and it worked out great for someone else to, uh, it's you know, to make a living. It's all good. You know, I was the first one to say it's Showtime. How do you feel when those big, intimidating
2: corporations are booked? Bull- that's what we oh. were back there with bullies and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I used to fight with. Them. I had to fight tooth and nail with them. I, used to, ah. I knew them when they first got in the office. So I wasn't. And all of <laughs> a sudden, they were feeling, smelling them. So they were like big top they became like tough guys
0: all of a sudden and after I made that choice I would go to uh, Seth and I'd say like well you know how about uh, you know, we make a deal uh. and I even I even made an offer back then where I said listen how, how back then use- how, how were
2: you able to make deals with <laughs> Seth I said
0: <laughs> you, you can you can use I'll make a deal with you if you hire me as part of the broadcasting use let's get ready to rumble for promotion put it on HBO shirts and this and that and I just guarantee that I do every fight and I was like eh nah that's that right yeah, there. Yeah, but you know what? It all worked out pretty good because come, moving forward,
2: I, I, had,
0: I had planned on retiring at the end of last year. I was going to retire at the end of 2018. Yeah, 74. I mean, what, you know, things are looking good. Yeah. I don't have any mortgage. I got cars with no payments. I'm like, you know, I love life. Hell yeah! And along comes uh, Eddie Hearn and his dad mm-hmm. Barry and Dazone. And they gave me uh, a couple million good reasons to be exclusive for them. So uh, that's where I am right now, where I do fights just for uh, matchroom boxing mm-hmm. on DAZN, and this DAZN thing you is great a for home. fans. You
2: need a home. That's what. Home, yeah. that's our all of our objective in boxing. <clears throat> I want a home. I want a home with this television company. I want a home with this cable company or mm-hmm. whatever. This is my home. This is constant revenue, even when we're not fighting.
0: Yeah. And I, by the, and I made this deal with them. And three months later, HBO went out of business in the, in the boxing yeah, they business. Were gone. Yeah, you got to just keep evolving. It's keep growing.
1: Keep taking what energy, the universe the brings energy, you. Man. Yeah, the energy. Um, how how much longer you want to keep doing it? Just until you can't. Do you it can't? It no more,
2: man. Come on, uh, stay around, know, man, Mike.
0: I don't know. I I, I have another uh, year to go in the contract and. We'll see after that. We'll see. Maybe I'll just There's, do special Mike, appearances. They're going
2: to until you die, man. You got the voice. They're going to use it until you well, die. Well, thank
0: you very much,
1: Mike. I appreciate that. What do you think of Mike in this stage of his life?
2: Yeah, this is really interesting. What do you
0: think People, about? A lot of people actually ask me that. Like, you know, what, how, how's Mike Tyson? What's, what's, what's he really like? This and that. And the most important <laughs> thing is Mike is happy in his own skin. You know. Mike Tyson is glad to be Mike Tyson. There's man. no doubt about that, yeah. yes. You know? I agree. <laughs> and there are there are there there were times in your life where I don't think you were.
2: Well yeah, I agree you know? with that too, yes. Yeah.
0: Mm. And and there's nothing better than being an adult, being a grown up, not a kid anymore, feeling good, feeling healthy, married to the perfect woman, you got kids, you got a life an income, you're in a position to help other people, and Mike Tyson is happy in his own skin.
2: And I feel the like. Yeah. You know, I really feel the like.
1: It's been such a pleasure. I've got I've known Mike for a little over a year now. And it's been just the most awesome experience. Isn't
2: it crazy? You knew my.
0: 35 years, man.
1: Puberty.
0: Wow. You saw me get
2: married, go through my marriages and all that stuff. Wow. I know. Oh, man. That's
0: amazing. Wait, I've got to tell you a funny story. We're in Tokyo, the Tubbs fight, (laughs) right? He had just gotten married to Robin. Her mother was, uh, you know, I mean, I'm quite a few years older than Mike and everything. And Mike says, hey, yeah. would you like to go out with my mother-in-law? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: I love that.
0: Do um, uh, you remember that?
1: Yeah. Yeah? Oh, yeah. You're
0: trying to set him up
1: with okay. your mother-in-law. She's a
0: good-looking woman. Or she may have
2: said, may have yeah, I gave a comment about him. Oh. So I guess I went over there. You were te- yeah.
1: testing the waters.
2: No, I believe she liked him. I think yeah. I think. Uh, I believe,
1: yeah, that's why I would go over there. You were just seeing
0: if yeah. Mike was interested. It's nice. Did, didn't Ali come to that fight? The top yes, side. yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he was still, I, you know, you know, we we, we both know was
2: Sick. Then this is when he started getting. Yeah. Things. It was just yeah. just
0: just mm. at the edge, but he was still doing the magic tricks, the, the levitation, the levitation. Yeah. That he'd have this fake thumb, he'd stick in his hand, yeah. and he would take a hanky Hankies, and go like this, thumb. and then the fake thumb yeah. would but slip up, and he'd go, you know, and you didn't know it's like you know, and, he know it like, you know, and he'd, yeah. he'd get that hand away real quick because he had this dopey looking thumb on his hand, but. It, yeah, that was Ali, and and no matter what who you were with, you could be with your mom, you'd be with your wife or girlfriend, and he would always say, "Oh, is this, is this your girlfriend?" Is and then he would put his arm around her and make believe he's going to walk away with it. He always did that, right? He did that with everybody. It was so sweet.
2: But he said to my wife, "Oh, I wish you was my. I wish I was back and young again, boy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I would have had you." But as the years went by, uh, you know, you, you had when you. Talk to uh, Ali. You had to actually put your ear right up, right up to his mouth, you know, and and because it, it was like this, and and he'd wave me over, and I and I put my ear there, and he'd say, "I'm still prettier than you." <laughs> <laughs> he would. He did that forever. God bless him. Oh, oh what a amazing. what a just you know. I can remember like it was yesterday, watching. A black and white TV 1960 and Cassius Marcellus Clay, this 173 pound, flawless athlete fighting in the Olympics in Rome. You remember that, Mike? I remember it. Yeah, man. I was, uh, what, 15 years old. Wow. Oh, just just amazing.
2: I remember him fighting Spinks. I remember when that was in the store and I was pickpocketing somebody, and the fucking fight was on in the store, and the person was looking at the fight, and that's how I was able to get his, get his money out of his pocket. And I remember watching um, him fight Holmes.
0: Mm. Oh. Yeah, it broke my broke heart. my heart. Yeah, yeah same oh, I way.
2: was crying, cussing, mad. We were all pissed off.
0: He was. Uh, he had medication that he was supposed to take, like a thyroid medication. Yeah, he was just. A man. And so. He tripled the medication because it was he would it would make him lose weight rapidly yeah. and he looked remember how good he looked but his skin was ashy it was he just something wasn't there he looked slim and he was older then and uh, it just wasn't there you know I mean uh, like as much as we love Ali he did not like to stay in shape between fights no, yeah, no. you know Roberto's the same way listen let me yeah. tell you interesting something.
2: that's when you say that. That's where I got that bad habit from watching Ali and Roberto Duran. No, this is the story. The two idols. Yes. They'd be at press conference. They'd be fat as pigs. At press conference, getting ready to fight a guy in six weeks, a week, three, um, six weeks or something. Maybe a month or something. And they look at them. They're so arrogant. Look at them laughing at people. They're talking. And they're doing their stuff. And the next thing you know, they get in the gym and they just dying. And they don't eat no food. They don't drink no water. They wear this fucking sweatsuit all day until they go to bed. In the morning, take the hot tub, the hot um, bath, put the suit back on, run all day, wear the suit all day, hit chopping trees, riding a bike, shadow box, killing themselves, sparring, yeah. push up all day. They're working out all fucking day. Dieting, hot bath, steam room, exercise, shadow boxing, exercising, and punching, sparring, jumping rope all day, little water, or animals. Wow. All day.
0: Just to get if back and And listen,
2: show. this is what happens. They weigh in the perfect weight. As soon as they finish weighing, they start gorging.
0: Yeah. Ah. Well, they, they do that today. These, yeah. these guys. I mean, guys that fight as a middleweight today are light heavyweights. Yeah. If they had to weigh in the morning of the fight, they'd be fighting as a light heavyweight. Canelo comes in. He gains 18 pounds. Mm. Remember when James Tony fought uh, Roy? Yes. He gained 18 pounds. In less than twenty four hours, uh, and he couldn't lift his feet off the off the no. mat. Uh, you know, doesn't mus- know how to do it. Muscle yeah. tissue takes forty eight hours to rehydrate. Mm. So they're they're a day short of yeah, their they peak. Are. You know, they, they they're are. they're not as good as they could be. Yeah. But you talk about Roberto. But they're doing this st- man.
2: When after the after the way, and they suck even in the bed. They're eating in the bed, sucking, orange, eating, grubbing, food, eating fruit, grapes, just even yeah. chewing steak and spitting it out. All of me are chewing, up, I spit, all, spitting all of me are chewing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they can't all day, it, nigga. Yeah, they all have to dehydrate. Day. Woo,
1: woo,
0: woo. Just imagine Roberto Duran though. He won over a hundred fights, and. After he moved up from lightweight to welterweight, he, he never trained between fights when he went to that two- and three-fights-a-year thing.
2: Listen, hit me 195, we got to go to 135, baby. Be 180, got to go to 135, baby. Got to go to 147, baby.
0: He came down in like eight, nine weeks from 195 to 154. I mean, come on. Yeah. That, that's, you're killing yourself. He, he just was lethargic in the ring. But the guy, was, you look at him today. His skin is nice. I mean, just imagine if he stayed in shape between fights. Yeah, he'd look like a movie star. I mean, he just was—he really was a great Let's defensive see, this fighter. Is,
2: this is something interesting that has a lot of effect on your nervous system. Yeah, we're the only species that that um,
0: can do that. No, no, that? we're the only
2: species that kill ourselves in in the urge of improving ourselves with the idea that we're improving ourselves. Let me say that. With the notion that we're improving ourselves, we're the only species that kill ourselves in that process. Mm. Weight pills and all this, all these fat burners, all this shit. Um, the shit that you stick, what's that shit going call again? The needles,
1: growth hormones. Yeah, growth hormones, steroids. T
2: Can't stop. We're addicted to it. it. Can't stop it.
1: Michael, I mean, before we get out of here, is there anywhere, where can people find you Where can people
0: check you out? They can go to uh, Let'sRumble.com. Let'sRumble.com. and uh, that'll go to the office and uh, or info at Let'sRumble.com. dot and awesome. get in touch with us. And, you know, uh, thanks for sharing was the knowledge. Awesome. Fun sharing your
1: voice. I mean, I think we're going to use that intro from now on. Just definitely. Let's
2: get ready to rumble.
0: <laughs> so, Mike, you're going to come to uh, Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. I want to do that to see the fight. Yeah, I am going but to I'm send. I going to send an email to somebody today and see if they can, like you know, get in touch with you. It's a heavyweight. Yeah. I, in case I'm somebody's like, watching right it. now, we're talking about December seven is yes. AJ and Andy Ruiz rematch. rematch. There we go, Saudi Arabia. There we go. We're to see dope.
2: our brothers over there.
0: Yeah. yeah, Mike, you should definitely
1: be oh, there. Oh, Absolutely, that'd be sick. It's awesome. You're you're
0: bringing the fight in. Come on, I will be there. Yeah, not working. Matchroom is the promoter, and it's going to be on the zone here in the states. I I, I kind of have a, a schedule-wise in the West Coast. they will probably have to watch it around noon. Wow, and uh, nine or ten o'clock in the UK. So that's like three o'clock in the afternoon in New York. But fight fans will find a way. Yes, they will. Yes, they will.
1: Mike, you got anything else?
2: I appreciate. Um, you're gracing such a your presence. This is an awesome oh, experience for the fans.
0: Good to be here, Mike. Thank Thank you absolutely, very much, good Mike. To be here. It was good to see you Friday night too. at oh, the, awesome. that charity event,
2: wasn't that? Hey, what's up with the Pump Brothers, man? These guys—they're amazing.
0: Cra- it's a—it is amazing, man. They know everybody. Everybody in basketball, baseball. You know,
2: I'm talking to the guy. He's in my in my hotel room. We're talking. And next thing, he said, oh, oh, oh. put on the phone. It's Jamie Foxx. Oh my yeah, God! Man, what yeah. you doing, man?
1: <laughs> he got. It, he wants to know who you want,
2: Mike.
0: Who are the Pump Brothers? A, a couple of guys the guy? from the Valley. Yeah, out in uh, Northridge. Okay. But, uh, their uh, mom and dad both passed away from cancer, and they, for 19 years, uh, in their parents' name, they have raised millions and millions of dollars, in, in for cancer research and and. Uh, the oncology and chemotherapy and radiation and yes. screening and, and
2: me and my yeah. family, we've been friends with them for hundreds of years and stuff. And, uh, we just, um, are willing to help them whenever they need us. Yeah.
0: Good That's guys. Awesome. They, they put together a, a, a thing uh, every August, first week of August. And, uh, Man, the who's who of sports.
2: Yes, whoever you are. Um Dr. Eddie J was, was there, actors, Mike. Celebrities. Brady Shaq Murphy was there. Just yeah, Shaq just was there just, with for his son?
0: Yeah, just for Mike. Yeah, just for Mike. Shaq, Evander, Buster. Yeah. Um Jim Gray. Yes. It was uh, amazing. I was just Murphy. for like Mike's and, and You got the award, right? Cedric, the entertainer. Yeah. Cedric and uh Eddie Murphy was there yeah. for Ced. And it's super. Eddie looks great. Oh, my god. It really does he does, He's yeah. happy. Yeah. yeah, he does
1: look good. Saw so picks. That's awesome. What was the award you got, Mike? Humanitarian of the Year.
2: Something to that effect. I don't know. I forgot. What? what? Me. Yeah, I forgot. They, ca- they have like
0: five awards and they categorize each one. Yeah. But it, it's like it, it, they honor each guy. One was a, a doctor that's done great research. Oh, he was an then, awesome doctor. Oh, my too. God. This guy actually found a way to have dogs Smell, smell the breath and tell if somebody has diabetes. Or
2: cancer or something like that. Oh, wow. Unbelievable. Scare me. Yeah. I'm scared to have him uh, smell my breath. D-
0: devoted his <laughs> whole I'm life. I'm scared to have him smell my breath. Oh, my God. All kind of bullshit, nigga. <laughs> uh, <laughs> call nine eleven.
1: What? Yeah. No. Oh, fuck. That's the advancements man. of science. Well, I don't know. I think on that, on that note, we're going to we're gonna get out of here let's do it man well thanks for watching and listen watching and listening everybody Have be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel hotboxing with Mike Tyson check out our website hotboxingpodcast.com until next time I'm Evan Britton and I'm Mike Tyson
0: and let's get ready for hotboxing
1: oh in the house This episode is brought to you by Raycon. Head to buyraycon.com slash Tyson to get 15% off your next order.